Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Overload. I am Peter, that is Matt. Uh, we talk about movies on this show. We do that once per month, and this is a very specific show. This is a, a show where we put up a vote on Patreon. Matt picks a movie he loves, I pick a movie I love, and we put them head-to-head in a vote, and our patrons, at the $5 tier and up, vote for which one they want. And yeah. uh, this month, Matt's pick one again. Yay! That's two in a row. That 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 said, you know, I would have been happily to watch your pick this time. So either either way, I came out ahead. Yeah, yeah, but two in a row still. I'm I'm keeping note. I'm keeping track. Uh, but the winner was that thing you do, which is a, a sort of sixties music scene comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. it's directed by Tom Hanks, starring Tom Hanks and a bunch of other people. There's a lot of recognisable faces who were looking yep. very young in this as I was watching it because I'm used to what they look yeah. like now. Uh, so yep. so. Going 20 years back in time and seeing uh, Gino Vanni Rubisi or Charlie Steron or Steve Zahn yeah. or Liv Tyler. Like, I'm, okay, I'm used to what these people all look like now. So this is weird. They're all young. Yeah, right? Well, See, and this was my jumping off point for a lot of those guys. So like Giovanni Rubisi, it was this and Friends where he played Phoebe's weird brother. So, Actually, you know, I think I knew. Was he in Mad About You as well? He might have been. I I never really watched Mad About You. I want to say so, it was. I feel. I, I feel like it was. But it, it's funny because he has a really small supporting role in this, and it's it's cool to see him develop into this like heavy character actor. Because mm. like he's usually really good in everything he does. So it was fun just to see him in this. Is actually as a small I, role. I think I remember him from Gone in sixty seconds more than I do Friends. Bizarrely enough. Okay. That's fair enough. I mean, I mean, I watched Friends the same era. Yeah, I watched you know? Friends at the same time, so I don't know why I think of that first, yeah. but I do. Uh, yeah. But for hell, so that's that's the thing. Uh, so yeah, so this is about a a, a band uh, in the yep. the nineteen sixties who essentially sort of stumble onto having a big hit, a big song that everyone seems to love, mm-hmm. and they end up getting picked up by a manager, which leads to a bigger manager, a record label, and it's kind of that that journey. Uh, and the trials and tribulations story. of friendship and falling out and uh, all that kind of thing. So that that's basically what the movie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no point in asking you if you liked it because this was your pick. Yeah. And yeah. so obviously you liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was fine. It was fun. Yeah, it's, I, it's I, a pleasant. It's a pleasant time. It's... I, I, it, is, it kind of falls into that category. I do not regret watching it. I had a decent enough time. Uh, I doubt I'll watch it again. It's yeah. it's just kind of as what it is. This, yeah, this is a movie I've watched numerous, numerous, numerous times. I I've probably lost count. It's you know, it's a movie me and my wife bonded over that we both you know when we got together, we both liked it independently of one another. So that's always fun when that happens. Hmm. Uh, so like one of our favorite go to lines is we're not the wonders right now. It's we're Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, just because it's a. Uh, one of those lines that sticks out uh, makes me laugh every time. So, and Steve Zahn in this—he's one of my favorite Steve Zahn performances, just based off of pure comedy, because that's his only role is basically comic relief, uh, and he does it so well. Yeah, none of the drama comes from him. All, all the drama no. comes from Jimmy, the lead singer, because our main yeah. character is not him. Our main character is actually the drummer guy yep. who works at a, an electronic store that his father owns. Yep. And he plays drums in the basement when he can. And just because Giovanni Ribisi breaks his arm, they kind of yep. have to ask him to like sub in to be a drummer at this little small, you know, small competition at the the local, local, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's like a battle of the bands. Yeah, and um, yeah, and 
he's the one that kind of makes the band because he starts playing it too fast, and that's what turns it into this '60s, you know, rock and roll well, from too, this wistful ballad. Too, too too fast from the to the to, to the point from the point of view of the the people who clearly aren't as confident with their instruments. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. that was actually maybe the first time I kind of got a good chuckle in the movie was Gino Vanni mm-hmm. Ribisi like reacting to them playing it that fast. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, that's too fast!" Like yeah. not because not because he thinks it's too fast musically, just because he's like, "I can't play it that fast. Don't do it yeah. that fast. I can't do that." Yeah. Uh, so I, I got a small chuckle out of that. But uh, so yeah, so so they end up with this hit, uh, which then leads to them playing in a, a restaurant, which leads to them playing in a bigger mm-hmm. thing, which leads to this manager and so on and so on. It kind of. Snowballs. Another one of my favorite lines is they have the one guy that was there at the Battle of the Bands, and he keeps following them around uh, to the different, you know, to the restaurants that they're playing at. And at one point, Steve Zahn's character, Letty's like, "Hey, it's our fan," and just the way that he says that, like, it's the only person that likes them. Just it cracks me up. Uh, yeah. the movie's full of small moments like that. That I don't know, maybe because I've seen it so many times. Here, here's a question: um, Which cut did you watch? So I've I've never I have seen the director's cut, but I've only seen it once. I've only really seen the theatrical. Well, it's funny because the director's cut was the only one that was available to me. Oh snap! Uh, okay, and I just about got angry and started swearing at you on Twitter when I sat Uh-oh. down and saw the runtime was two and a half hours long. Oh no! Yeah, I would have pointed you in the other direction, my friend. Yeah, but that was the one that was available. That was the one that was there gotcha. to rent. So that's okay. the one I had to watch. Um, and I think honestly, it may have coloured my my opinion a little bit because it could. Because also I've heard as as much enjoyment as I had, and as much as I, I don't necessarily feel that there was any any specific moments, I'd be like, oh yeah, cut that. Two and a half hours for a movie like this is too long. No, <laughs> it, definitely, it's just too long. This is a ninety, a hundred minute movie. That's all it should be. <laughs> and this was this was two two and a half hours, and um. There's, just, there's various sections and I have no idea what was added I have no idea what the new stuff was compared to the old stuff because you've uh, never really seen it before exactly all this was just equal to me so um. I know there's a, a subplot with Howie Long and uh, Tom Hanks um, that's not in the theatrical cut uh, where they're they're dating uh, so I know that was added but I'm trying uh, to nah, Tom Hanks wasn't dating anyone in this Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. So unless there's a second director's cut, I know that was. Yeah. Because t- t- yeah, 30, 39 minutes have been added. Yeah. Uh, pulling it up now. There's more Charlie's Theron. Yeah, it kept cutting to her and the dentist. Look through. It. Yeah. Right, I'll just give a spoiler warning right now, just so I don't have to worry about spoiling things. Um, because I feel like that this is there's not a whole lot to really spoil, so I'm just gonna give a spoiler warning, no. blanket spoiler warning. So we can not fear uh, people getting angry about mentioning plot points from later on, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it kept cutting to her and the dentist because the whole that was that was actually I can kind of complain about that plot point that was oddly left hanging unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. There was never really a moment where where guy because this, this is like guy's girlfriend Tina played by Charlie Theron is at the start of the movie she doesn't really care about his music she's just kind of like oh this is dull and stupid and she's got the hots for her dentist and she starts spending time there she doesn't shop to his gigs. And so on, uh, and it keeps cut throughout the whole movie. It keeps cutting back to what she's doing with the dentist, and it like you have that one moment where she hears the song on the radio, and like you know he's kind of made it, and mm-hmm. but she doesn't she doesn't actually even realise it's his song. She just kind of goes, "Oh, I recognise that song." She doesn't even clock that it's his. And there was yeah. never I don't know. I felt like the, the the final moment of him like actually dumping her or him 
or her realizing she she's maybe like regretting this because he actually made something of himself with this or whatever. I don't know. I feel like that 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 moment was missing. It was just never went back to. Yeah, that. they they go on to it because it really focuses on them. It it's basically a satire of the '60s music, where mm. how easy it was to become a one hit wonder. I mean, it's in their name. They are the Wonders, uh, and this is like their only hit, and it it you rockets on, up the charts. You mean the Onadiers? The Onators, yeah. Which I, I think that's funny because there's a lot of Beatles references in this, like the fact that they call Shades Ringo, and if you know your Beatles history, you know he was you know uh, was replaced. He replaced Pete Best, just like yeah, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, so uh, if you know then, your Beatles history, Matt, yeah, I did not know my Beatles history. <laughs> I figured you would. You're you're a you know you like music, you like that. You know what I mean? Like I have, you have an appreciation not... of it. I have appreciation uh, for music I like, but I'm not like uh, gotcha. I'm not big on everything. But even pop, yeah. even new music, like I, yeah, I, well, I can't. See, I'm not even I'm not even that big on the the Beatles. I just know from like I had to take a history of rock class I feel, in college. I feel like you could hand me the, the 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 number ones for every week of the last year, and I would yeah. recognize maybe two of them. Oh yeah, me too. I like, contemporary music is not my forte. I, yeah. In fact, it annoys me for the most part. Like I don't. I can't tell you when I purposely listened to the radio last, like, uh, just because. Even the rock station that I tend to do listen to, I just don't. But, um, yeah, so they, they try to take their name. They're the Wonders, but like the Beatles took, like, the word Beat, B-E-A-T, uh, they tried to make one O-N-E into the name, and it just, it's throughout the first half of the movie, it's hilariously mispronounced and, uh, until Tom, Hanks, until Tom Hanks says that scrap yes, this, you're just going to be the wonders yeah. spelt normally, and that's it. Exactly. We're, we're done. Uh, yeah. Which you know makes makes sense. But yeah, and, uh, and it follows so, our up and downs, and, so, and we see that. Get on, just ahead. given the, uh, the, the the end, we get the whole. This is what they did now, and yeah. like, years later, this is based on a true story. I take it these are real people. No, or not. Okay, so, so what's with that bit at the end then that says, "Oh, these two got married, and these people did this, and they do yeah, this." Yeah, it's just it's an extension of their so. This was all I remember hearing that this was based on a true story, and in a way it is, but it's more inspired because it's inspired by all these bands that came and went in the 60s, and mm. so I think what a Tom Hanks had done is he tried to play up almost like a hoax that this was a real band, and okay. he's not wrong, you know, but there was no wonders from Erie, Pennsylvania that had shot up the charts with the Playtone records and whatnot. Uh, so I think it was just giving these characters closure and see what they did later on. Because you find out at the end that Jimmy starts a new band. And it's kind of always what he wanted. Because he's, he's the one that's striving for artistic purity throughout. Like He wants to do more and more and more. So to find yeah, out the history, which, that's where he leads to. Honestly, my biggest, my biggest fault with the movie, actually, is how clearly like what the conflict's going to be and how villainous he is, is very clear. Ugh. Almost from the, the very first scene that he's with, mm-hmm. uh, we're in the, 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 the garage, or the, the garage, sorry. Uh, garage. Uh, like, and he's like, oh, slower, slower, slower. And then they get to the yeah. Battle of the Bands, and, you know, Guy just starts playing this quicker beat. Yeah. And everyone loves it. I'm like, okay, I the conflict, yeah. I know what it is already. And that's fine. But again, mm-hmm. the movie's two and a half hours. It took two hours from that point to actually get yeah. to the moment where he says, no, artistic integrity, I quit. Like, I'm like yeah. okay. Like, well, I, and, I, and to be fair, it's, I mean, the, the other, the theatrical cuts, 100 minutes, and it takes, you know, 
from that point in the first act to the third act where he quits. You know, so so still that I mean I can see that complaint still lasting, but it's even worse over two and a half hours. Oh, it absolutely is because it, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if it feels. Not that it's spinning its wheels, but there's a lot of little, just little moment things that it likes to do, yeah. which might just be the director's cut. But it yeah. does kind of feel like it's drawing out a fairly simple plot longer than it, it needs to yeah. go. Um, I, I can see that because I remember not enjoying the director's cut as much as the theatrical, uh, which usually I find to be the opposite. I tend to like yeah. the director's cuts more, you know, Zack Snyder notwithstanding. But <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you're saying you enjoy the theatrical cut of Batman v Superman. I did not say that either, but <laughs> gun to my head, I have to pick one. You know, uh, I'm picking the theatrical cut. It's it, shorter. Here's where I'll compliment uh, so, some stuff here. I, I actually, mm-hmm. I think the casting is pretty on point. I think everyone's kind of perfect for the roles. Uh, I appreciate that right away, Guy has more chemistry with Liv Tyler than yeah. Jimmy does. And mm-hmm. even though they don't necessarily flirt per se, it just it's kind of there the whole movie, um, mm-hmm. and it's just down to good casting and good direction. So I, yeah. I, you know, there's there's things like that that I will compliment. I, I think the the cast is probably the strongest element of the movie. Uh, on the other hand, I'm going to maybe complain that you hear that goddamn song just a oh, few too many times. Song. Yeah, well, I, I I'm not really into now. '60s music, so I'm like, I, I don't mind oh. hearing it. I don't I don't hate it, yeah. but it got to a point though where I've heard this song like 10 times and I'm like okay right yeah. I get it that's yeah. the song well, and in the director's cut too you're spending an extra 40 minutes with it yeah so you know there's ample time um, but yeah this the song was written I did a little research for, for the show and do you remember the band Fountains of Wayne Stacy's mom oh yeah 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 so the bass player from that band wrote the music for for this wow. so all of the original songs that's funny because that, that was after yeah. This movie as well, yeah. amusingly. Exactly. So Tom, I guess he's friends with Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks had hired him to do a bunch <laughs> of songs. The basis from Fountains of Wayne is friends with Tom Hanks. Yeah? This is weird trivia, yeah. Matt. Keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and so he had hired him to, to do this, to create these 60 songs that would feel of the era. And, you know, I think he successfully Actually, did it. I remember can I my the, dad had the soundtrack. I want to give but, the audience just a little bit of an insight here. Just... If you want to annoy Connor, right? Oh, oh. Connor happens to hate Stacy's mum with a passion, right? Oh, I'm sending it to him now. So if you want to annoy Connor, you know, maybe tweet at him. Stacy's mum's got it going on. And that's one of the songs, just such. like the thing you do. You hear that part and the rest of the song stuck in your head. Because this song, since I watched it earlier in the week, has been stuck in my head. And I, you know, I'm not complaining. I like this song. I, you know... One of my favorite bands, Newfound Glory, covered it on their first like cover album, uh, which were all songs from movies, and at, their version played at my wedding of that thing you do. So, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know, I was, 60s music's not particularly my uh, my, my my thing. It's um, it's funny. I I grew up on punk rock and like metal and just like stuff with an edge and a grit to it. So the older I get, the more I'm falling back into standards and like 60s era rock and roll that I like. You know, so like I, if I'm making dinner, I like to put on some like 30s and 40s big band stuff. I think uh, it's it's typically the 80s once you get to stuff that I kind of like. Uh, that's yeah. it though. I'm, I have a very fussy taste with music. Like there's like there's very few albums where I like a full album. Like it's usually yeah, I like like four or five songs on the album, and then that's all I want to listen to. Um, yeah. I'm I'm very very fussy. Like there's a lots of bands that people recommend me based on another band I like, 
and I'll be yeah. like, and it'll be like one thing about them that I just don't like, and I'm like, no, I can't. Like the singer annoys me, or or they just the 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 the, the chord progressions they write just don't sound good to my ear, or something. I don't know, yeah. whatever it is. It makes sense. Well, oh yeah, music's one of even I think more so than movies is very it's subjective, and oh, so absolutely. you yeah. ultimately know what you like. Me and my wife go to battles over this. I mean, last you know, last night going to the movies, she wanted to play the new Taylor Swift album, and I want zero part of that. You know, <laughs> so you know, she drove, so she ended up winning out. Um, but but yeah, so I get the subjectivity. But like, this was an album. My dad, after seeing this movie back when it first came out, my dad went and bought 1996. the album. Nineteen ninety six. In nineteen ninety six, he bought the album, and it was in constant rotation in our house. Uh, even even some of the the deeper cut tracks actually that Hanks had made. Here's a here's a, a weird observation. Actually, mm-hmm. this movie is as close to the sixties as we are now from the eighties. And yeah. I think what's fascinating about that is and I, I don't know if there was as much sixties nostalgia in the nineties, but mm-hmm. what I think's funny is that now we have Stranger Things, we have yep. all this like eighties kind of like we love setting things in the eighties. Uh, which yeah. I do as well. Like, you know, if I'm picking a decade yeah. to set something in, I'm picking the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just think it's funny now that we're actually just as equally distant from the 80s now as the 90s was yeah. from the 60s. Well, and I, th- and I think too what helps with a lot of that nostalgia is the 80s we had a lot better you know, things to take in recording. Camcorders were a lot easier to get a hold of. So it feels like it's there's weight to it. Like, we can remember it easier than from the 80s to the 60s or the 90s to the 60s. You well, know what no, I mean? Well, I, th- I think that's just part of our yeah. generation. Like, we, we yeah. were all born decades after the 60s, where, whereas my parents weren't. My, yeah. I mean, there were kids in the 60s, so maybe their memory's not great, yeah. but, you know, they, they, they lived it. They, yeah. they remember things from it. Whereas we don't. Like, for us, the 60s is ancient history because it's, oh, it's way before our time. Yeah. I Sometimes I forget how long ago it was. You know, I'm, I'm a big history nut, and so, like, Hearing that we, you know, it's been fifty years since Kennedy was assassinated—that that's half a century. I mean, hell, but uh, 1960, 60 years ago, in a couple of years, like yeah, you know, it's, it's not that long from that. Basically, it's, two years. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, actually, here's a little bit of a 60s thing or 60s technology. I was not, I didn't know about that. I learned from this movie. I had yeah. no idea there was like personal little radios with headphones. Yeah, in the 60s. That, that, that's news yeah. to me. That's 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 pretty. Yeah, that that makes for a great scene where they get their first manager after pressing. You know, the guy's uncle records uh, church music, and so he helps them record their first album, and then a a manager helps them get it. And he's like, "Hey, if I don't get you on the radio within the next couple of days, you can drop me." And there's this fun where they're all listening to the radio to see if they finally make it. And and for they a all few hear days, at the same time. And but for a yeah. few days, they're not hearing it and they're getting concerned. Yeah. And then they hear it, and they all run towards each other at uh, yeah. at guys like dad's electronics store, and he's yep, get, and they turn it on because that's one of the fun things of the movie as well is that his dad's really sort of against them going away and doing these things. Yeah. But by the time you get to the point where they're actually on TV performing, like he's yep. at home and he's he's wearing his son's signature sunglasses because that becomes yeah. his thing. He's shades. shades. The drummer wears yep. sunglasses. Which, by the way, maybe this was more common in the sixties. I can't think of a band where the drummer's the the, the most famous the one. Guy, yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, and it, and it, I always had it added to him because he was the jazz drummer, you know, like he, so he has this coolness to him and like, there's this whole subplot where he wants to play with Del Paxton and that's his, you know, his idol. And when they go to LA, he finally gets to meet him and he just nerds out on him and, you know, I did, so 
I do have to admit that was probably my my biggest slouch of the movie was that yeah. section where it just kind of felt like okay now everyone's meeting idols and you know uh, what's his name Lenny Steve Zahn's character he's like meeting a girlfriend uh, who yeah. works at the record label. Uh, I mean, I imagine there was more of them in this as well compared to the theatrical yeah. cut because it kept going back to them like they, they're getting yeah. married at one point and. Uh, but like that was the point where the movie was kind of slouching for me a little bit, uh, where I felt like okay, right, let's let's get to the. I, I know yeah. they're about to break up because Jimmy's getting more and more agitated with things. Yeah. So let's just do it now. Uh, well, it felt like yeah, was... and the bass player runs off. He, he had told them he was joining the Marines, you know, at the end of the summer, and ends up joining them earlier. Uh, and then of course Jimmy's getting more and more. I, I want to do artistic things. And and guy just wants to play the drums. That's, that's all he's preoccupied. Yeah, with. I'll be honest. Jimmy was very hard to be sympathetic with because yeah, he he just keeps saying to Tom Hanks, "Hey, then we're in the recording studio, right?" And I'm like, "Look, there's lots of phases to this the the, the like this process yeah. to 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 being in a band and doing these things. And if he's telling you you're touring for months before you get back to the recording studio, yeah. you're still going to get to the recording studio. I don't know. It felt very ungrateful to me. He's like, no, I want to be in the recording yeah. studio right now. Like, I want to be in charge. Yeah. I want to do, do my thing. Uh, it felt... Uh, I don't know that he's supposed to be super sympathetic, but I think when it came up at the end with the title screen where it said, oh, he's been in bands and he's had three gold yeah. records and whatnot, I was like... That makes sense. Well, yeah, but I don't really care about him because he's an asshole, so... Yeah. Well, and, and the whole plot line with Faye, too, because she's the sweetheart of the movie. Yeah. She's, there's literally zero, like, bad qualities to her in this. And he treats uh, her like shit. And that, that's yeah. the thing, is there's no, like, moment of redemption or apology, like, after the fact. Like, when they have that fight and yeah. break up and he storms out, there's never... You, you don't even think you see him again. Like, that's just it. Oh. Actually, yeah, no, she does the, no. the funny, I quit. Yeah, the I quit scene, but you don't see him again with Faye, you don't see anything like, oh, right, I'm sorry I reacted that way, I should have done, handled this better, uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're not right for each other. This was, you know, There was never yeah. a moment after where we actually got a little bit of redemption where he realised yeah, well, his mistakes, it was just... And when she when she has that speech, too, like she's wasted all this time, and when Hanks asks how long they've been together, it's only like two or three years, you know, which, you know, I don't know if it's just that I... It had taken until this, this viewing to let that sink in, like they're really not a long-term couple. Like she's just been kind of hanging with him and in the hometown. And like you said, she has the uh, with Guy. She has the chemistry there with him the entire time. So he, I think, Hanks kind of tips his hand to where they're going. Yeah, because uh, there's like several moments in the movie where Jimmy doesn't even pay attention to her. Where Guy is no? like, "Oh, you okay?" Because she's sick. Of it. She's got a cold at she's one sick. point. And yep. he's like, oh, are you okay? Lie down, I'll send you something. Or, you know, he mentions yeah. her on the radio. He's like, oh, she's home at sick. Uh, give her a shout yeah. out. Uh, not, yep. not, didn't use that phrase because the word, the phrase shout out probably didn't exist yeah. in 64. But, <laughs> yeah, no. uh, but that is essentially what, what, what was happening. But she's kind of instrumental in putting that band together as much as some of the other guys are, you know, because she was there from the beginning. Actually, no. Uh, there, is, there is one slight flaw in her character. I just thought of which it. Which is? Uh, Colin Hanks gets a cameo, Tom Hanks' son. He plays right? an usher who brings her into her seat uh, when she gets all dressed up for the TV performance yeah. and he sits her down and just stands there waiting for a tip and she's just like, thank you. Oh, okay. Well, now, now, admittedly, like, you know, I, I didn't grow up in this insane tipping culture, uh, right. but still, if you want to... I did. I did, but we don't... I mean, it's a TV taping. I don't think, like, it's not a proper concert where he's taking you to the very front i'm sure that was her seat to begin with she's with the band you know what i mean oh yeah yeah so you know i'm just gonna defend Faye a little bit i think 
It's probably one of my favorite Liv Tyler roles. I'm not. I'm not big in Lord of the Rings. I know people love her in that. But, uh, well, uh, I'm not. After uh, anyone yeah. who has heard me argue with Connor on a regular basis yeah. about Lord of the Rings, those I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy. Yeah. Uh, what you're not a fan of Armageddon? Like, yeah, I mean she's she's fine, but I like. But what miss the thing? Bruce yeah. Willis fighting an asteroid. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Ben Affleck, you know. Uh, but yeah. She's. I think she has a, a great character, and then just the rest of the guys in the band. I just I love the journey that they go on, from touring state fairs to you know the record label wants to see them because it's you know wants them in L.A. because it's jumped up the charts so fast, you know. So they stop the tour and they go to there, and that's you know the part where Pete says lols, which I'm pretty sure is just the director's cut that lols so bad because it didn't feel uh, like that. Yeah, very possible. As like I say, it's hard to actually say uh, having only seen the director's cut what, what, yeah you know like uh I, I feel like half the complaints i probably have are pacing related and they're probably mostly gone in the theatrical cut but it's yeah. kind of funny that this is the director's cut like this is the one that yeah. hanks prefers this is the one he's saying no this yeah. is the one that i'm calling my cut um, yeah and I, I guess it's just because honestly i got the feeling watching this that this was like a fun shoot like where they all enjoyed what they were doing they all had fun like spending time together and having fun with the scenes and you know drumming and acting goofy and putting on the sunglasses and the jackets and all the rest of it and yeah. i get the sense that this was like oh let's put all this stuff back in because i had a lot of fun making this and all these moments are fun yeah. and on their own for the most part they are nice on their own mm-hmm. but like yeah you add it all yeah, up it's... and you have a bloated movie yeah, there is a story there, but you're kind of right there. They all kind of feel like vignettes of this is the 60s. So they get to reenact a lot of these things. Like, I mean, the TV shoot is almost like the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, you know, just yeah, in yeah. color and, and whatnot. So it's like they get to replay a lot of these things. And I could see Hanks, like you're saying, well, yeah, let, let's put this in. I mean, sure, it drags down the story, but, you know, we worked hard on it. I can see him saying. That said, I'm trying to think of things he's directed, and it's really this and Larry Crown, I want to say, and maybe some TV. I, I can't like, say I've seen Larry Crown. Yeah, I haven't either. Although, I want to say that he did some Tales from the Crypt episodes. Let me let me check. Yeah. I feel like he's I know doing... he's done a lot of TV, like, like Band of Brothers and The Pacific. I know he's directed some of those. Uh, he, he did. He did. He did, he did an episode yeah. of Tales from the Crypt. What, season, what episode was that? Uh, number... None but the Lonely Heart. That was the season four premiere of Tales from the Crypt. You haven't you haven't made it that far with your and Timmy's. Oh yeah, we're in season five. We've we've, we've oh, okay. passed this. Okay, well check that out then. Go go back and. It uh, was a mediocre episode, if I'm honest. <laughs> okay, well then don't. I don't. I don't know. Just trying to help you out here. Uh, but yeah, I love again. I love Steve Zahn in this movie. He's Lenny has always been my favorite character. Uh, just again, he gets to be funny. And, and that's it. Like, he corrects people. It's not the Oneaters, it's the Oneaters. Um, the scene in the airplane where Tom Hanks is trying to sleep and he's just making fidgety noise. I feel like you've done that with me while we're recording early episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Except you couldn't tell me to leave and go check on the pilot, see what they're doing. Uh, you know, so there's just a part of that guy that, that speaks to me, I guess. And uh, he's, I mean, I, I forgot that there's a song that he sings. Because we see part of that in, uh, I want to say, in one of their performances. It's, it's when they're on the stage, it's in the middle, where there's a crowd all around yeah. them. It's, it's, they're singing yeah. a song there, yeah. Yeah. So, I thought that was pretty fun, too. I mean, Zahn's another guy that's become a character actor. He was just recently in War of the Apes. He played a good ape. 
Uh, oh yeah, he's, he's been in tons of stuff. He, indistinguishable. He was in a that Christian Bale movie, the the Werner Herzog one, uh, Rescue uh, Harsh Dawn. Times? Rescue Dawn. I had that and Harsh Times confused because they came out on the same era. Oh and yeah, it's... but w- w- one's like a gangster movie, and the other one, yeah, a, a war Rescue movie. One's but not... yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I get my Christian Bale of that era confused because uh, I bo- I haven't seen either. But Rescue Dawn's in... good. Rescue yeah. Dawn's worth watching. Yeah. Um, he's also was in one of my favorite performances of his was in the perfect getaway, which is a nice little B movie, uh, with him, Mila Jovovich and Tim the elephant. Hmm. Uh, it's about, have you ever seen that one? No. Oh man, this might get added. Uh, but it's this, this suspense thriller where they, these two couples are, are hiking this trail in Hawaii. It's super isolated and they get word that there's been a murder on the trail and that they they realized that out of these two groups, one of the groups is the murderers, and it's how you deal with it and how it gets uncovered. It's a fun movie, uh, but again, it's like a B movie, kind of like how The Shallows was. We're kind of like, yeah, th- this was fun. There's not much else to it. It's very plot heavy, uh, good performances, but Zahn's like really good in it. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess I can say that a lot about Steve Zahn's parts. He shows up and he's. Just good. Hmm. Um, no, I, I think uh, I, I think the movie has kind of a, a dreamers kind of like theme going for it, where it's all, yeah. all all these guys are dreaming about this, especially guy, um, and they're kind of living the, the, their moment. Um, you know that that, that scene where they're, they're, they're having to be escorted to a car, and all the fans are all screaming yeah. at them, and uh, it's very kind of over the top and like you know very you know like again Beatles sixties yeah. you know screaming fangirls, mm-hmm. um, which, I mean, it's funny how that's it's not quite the same anymore. I mean, sure, there's fans no. and, and they'll cheer for people, but you don't get this. You don't get girls fainting in the crowd and no, nope. you know, and storming the police horses to try and get to the stage. Like, what are they going to achieve? No, <laughs> Think now about now they'll assault you on social media. You know, that's, ah, where, that's right, where it yeah. all happens at. And yeah, it's, I can't say that I miss days like that, but I do miss where everybody knew like there are pop culture touchstones regardless. Now it's kind of like, I was talking to my wife about this earlier. You don't, I feel like you don't, you have, you have artists nowadays. They don't record for the album. They record for the single. And every now and then you'll get a, an album that has like five or six singles on it and they'll tour it around. You know, especially pop people like Katy Perry or Lady Gaga, Bruno Mars. But, you know, most of the music nowadays, is like Pete was talking about earlier, people kind of just like the songs they like and they'll download those from whatever music provider, if it's Apple Music, Spotify, whatever, uh, and go about their day. But this was a day where, you know, you had the single and that was about it, you know. So it created like this bigger, well, scene. plus I think the – the ways in which you could communicate with the fans was a lot more direct. It was the radio, and that was about it. TV was small still. Oh, I think you'd argue that it's more direct now. Now you can talk to them on Twitter. <laughs> like What I mean by more direct was you weren't getting it from different sources. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's there was not, no such thing as a, Well, that's not more direct. That's more concentrated. Yeah, there we go. That's what I mean to say. It's more concentrated. Like, if you wanted to hear that thing you do, you had to either buy the single... If you couldn't find the single, you'd have to wait for it to pop up on the radio. And and nowadays it's it's hey, I'm just gonna go find it and download it, and now it's on my phone. So 
And I think that kind of what led to the, the like the Beatles mania, if you will, was uh, I guess a big, huge, you know, everyone liked the one thing versus now it's compartmentalized. I do have to say, though, I do not miss uh, buying CDs. Like, I, when I was a teenager, you know, I bought a lot of CDs, and oh. I, like I say, there'd be some times where I'd like two songs on an album, and I'd be pissed that I'd spent money on the album. Um, well, especially back then, they were like 15 bucks. Yeah. Like, I, I am so glad we have moved to a format where if you want to buy track number eight, which wasn't a single, it's just track number right. eight on the album, if you just want that one, because this is the thing, you can sample all of them on Spotify or YouTube, yeah. typically. You can sample anything yeah. now and see if you like it. And then, or you can just subscribe to Spotify. Obviously, Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, these subscription oh. services don't necessarily have everything, so you have to, you know, make some choices here or there. But, um, yeah. I mean, I know the music industry is going through a lot of stuff and has been through a lot of stuff, trying to like adapt to a new format to yep. sort of, you know, we've, we've had like artists like fight Spotify for various things because they feel like the, the, the revenue, the, the royalties aren't quite what they should be and so on. But honestly, for someone who's as picky as I am and wants to just like take what I like no more, it's actually a much better system for me. So See, I, I and I feel I'm the direct opposite because like, when when Kingsman came out and Country Roads stuck in my head, my <laughs> friend pointed me to a cover band, me first and Gimme Gimme's, and their version of Country Roads. And then I was like, okay, this is great. What else do they got? And I ended up going through my Apple Music and downloading like four of their albums that are just straight up all you know punk rock covers. You know, so it was fun that I could use that as a jumping off point versus you know, uh, oh, yeah. just like oh okay. This is the song. I'm gonna Honestly, download this and be done with it. The only downside, really, is the is the maybe the overwhelming choice a little bit at times because you'll oh. you have you have literally everything ever. You can just kind of access, yep. and it's kind of uh, like yep. you have to know what you want. Pretty much, like browsing is a little bit more difficult. But at the same time, there's there's more variety. There is more specific things. Like yep. I, I like I feel like when I was growing up getting a hold of good like film like scores and soundtracks was a lot more difficult and yeah. it, it wasn't like a thing i could do now like i, I have soundtracks coming out the ass like i like yeah all over the place well, like when well, around halloween i wanted to be at work and listen to, to the original john carpenter halloween and i could just go you know hook up to my wi-fi download it and i was good and i could go around open up the uh my workplace in the morning listening to that and scare myself four or five times because uh, it is very ominous. So, yeah. Uh, I remember the Dark Knight soundtrack was like that, too. I remember finding that at the store and be like, oh, I'm buying this. <laughs> that, you know, that was a great thing. And, yeah, it's compared to the 60s to now, it definitely, it, it's weird. Again, 50 years of a difference that we're talking here. How much it's changed. And yet, vinyl persists. I don't get it. Like, guys, <laughs> hit me up if you do... Please try to explain it to me. My brother's gone through this phase, and well, there's Con- an Connor's gone through it. Con- Connor just got yeah. the Batman Begins soundtrack on vinyl. I I don't I get like like my brother likes it because you can end up with like a thing. It's you know it's a piece of artwork, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the album cover, and he makes displays out of them. He hangs them up on his wall. I don't even know if he has a record player yet, though. So like, I don't understand the need to have it. Well, well, I'm not going to uh, criticize the the hobby because I mean this is the weird thing though. I, D- despite the fact that I am 28 years old, I have never actually heard a record being played. Yeah, me neither. I'm and I'm older than you. I, uh, I, I, I've I've never had a record player in the house. Yeah, the ever. the one 
the one thing I've heard from people that enjoy vinyl is unlike your phone, which you can just, you know, there's zero effort in putting on the song, throw on your headphones, listen to it. Vinyl requires you to have a record player, put it on and sit and listen to it. There's no, there's no such thing as a portable record player. Oh, obviously. You know, so, well, I mean, yeah. you could probably have one, but it'd be like a giant backpack and you'd be kind of, <laughs> yeah, there'd be a whole thing. I, well, exactly. Here's the thing, though. Like, I, I, typically, music for me is not just sit down and listen to music and do nothing yeah. else. I, I listen to music while I work Background. or while I'm doing something or while, you know, whatever. Um, or while I'm outside walking around. And Yeah. Like, that's, you know. That, like, well, we were, me and my wife were talking about the, the days of, a, of having a portable CD player with anti-skip that never worked. You know? Oh, yeah, I remember uh, those days. Yeah. yeah, you know, so, and, and I, weirdly enough, was talking to her about a record. Like, you didn't have that in the day. Like, there was no such thing as an anti skip record player. You know? Like, you could, that's, you could that's dance, how you ruined them. You couldn't dance too loudly, otherwise, you'd make it jump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, what, what a digression that thing you do is slide, which I think is kind of the point, though. I feel like it's it's Tom Hanks' love letter to, to that era of music. And. We know that he loves that era just based off of, you know, uh, his, his space works with NASA, you know, from Earth to the Moon and all these other things that he's helped produce and, uh, you know, just lent his name to. So I like that it feels like a passion project of his. And again, we haven't gotten too many directorial things out of him. So to me, it, it makes it feel more important. Like that, this was his one of his things that he put all this effort to. Yeah, I, I think it's well directed uh, in terms of the actors. Uh, I mean, visually, I don't think it's necessarily anything yeah. to, to scream about. But the, 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 in terms of directing the actors, which makes sense, given that he's an actor himself, it makes sense that he knows yeah. how to talk to them and get performances mm-hmm. out of them. Um, no, I think I think it's a fine, entertaining movie. I think maybe if I'd seen the, the theatrical cut, I'd maybe come out yeah. feeling more enthusiastic about it. As it is, I think it's a it's a decent movie. Uh, I think if you, especially if you if you like this era, if you like this type of music, I think you'll get even more out of it than I did. Uh, I don't yeah. regret watching it though. I think it was a fine time. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad too because I am watching it, and anytime I win, I always think like, how's Pete gonna be annoyed by this? And I'm I'm glad to hear that you weren't too annoyed. So honestly, uh, my, my only annoyance uh, having now watched this film is that I think my film is better. But <laughs> other than that, well. That's, I'll, I'll give I'll give Charade a watch because again I, I had started it a year and a half ago when it was on Netflix and you know got called away to do other things and I've always been meaning to go back. I love that. I do like that era. Like I'm not I, don't, I wouldn't consider myself a '60s fan. It's actually kind of funny how like, it's funny how I picked a movie that was actually made in the '60s and you picked yeah, a movie that was about the '60s. That was, that's kismet, you know. That's uh, it's weird how that works out, but I do like that era. I, you know, I'm I'm fond of like the hitchcock movies of the 60s i know he has much better ones than the 50s but there's something about those 60s ones that really uh sync up with me well so, I, I guess we'll uh we'll we'll rate that thing you yeah. do out of 10 so matt what would you would you rate it so so this one and just because it's probably my top 10 favorite movies it, it's a nine okay. so <laughs> yeah hmm. which you shouldn't be surprised at uh you know all right, all so, right. I'm, uh, I'm gonna think of yours and see if see if I'm right. <laughs> I, I got it here. I I think it's a perfectly enjoyable seven. Ah, see, I went a little high again. So I thought you were gonna say seven five. Uh, uh, so that's I think, fair. I think it's a perfectly fine, enjoyable seven. I, I I have no really great complaints. I do think I have some pacing issues, but that is probably mostly the director's cut's fault than it is. Yeah, so else. so maybe 
Maybe theatricals a seven five then, because you, you solve be. your yeah yeah maybe. Uh, but I, I think the, the the characters are mostly likable, um, and it's got a nice sort of fun upbeat attitude, uh, yep. which I think is you know commendable. So, uh, so that that is that thing you do. Uh, so before we go though, I suppose we should take a moment to uh, maybe argue a case for the next vote because obviously throughout this month, uh, month of December, the the next overload vote is up on Patreon for our patrons to vote for, and maybe uh-huh. this is our one chance to kind of. Campaign, i.e., i.e., Pete's tired of losing. I just lost two in a <laughs> row. All right, so you know what? I feel like it's my time to shine once again. But you again. know what? Again, but again, I feel like our cold war is over. You you dropped, you know, uh, under the skin on me. I dropped La La Land on you, and we we can, you know, not have to bring out the big guns. If you anymore. think that's the only nuclear weaponry I've got in my arsenal, you are well, <laughs> deeply I, mistaken. <laughs> I I have others too, so you know. You don't like Sweeney Todd, it doesn't count. You can't pick it. You have to love the movie. That's no, fine, but I, I know movies that are like Sweeney Todd that I can, you know, mm-hmm. Newsies is in my back pocket. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so so the picks for, for next month. Matt picked uh, The Big Sick, which came out this year, in fact. So he, he's picked a contemporary film. Contemporary, uh, uh, one that might be up for some awards. I, I came out earlier in the year, so maybe not, but it... As of right now, I still have a bunch to watch. It's in my top five of the year. Why should I watch this? Why should people be voting this so they can see my opinion on it? Yeah, so again, it's a contemporary. I feel Pete's going to watch it anyways. So if we can get a, you know, we missed it because it was a limited release for me. So, you know, I, I had to think- go on like a Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock to, to see this in its initial run. I don't even think uh, I, I didn't even, I didn't even heard of it until you heard of it, picked yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's just it's based again based on a true story. This one's actual true, of of a of a couple that start dating and then fall into this really weird hardship. And the Kumail Nanjiani, who you'd know from uh, Silicon Valley, he's a comedic actor. It's based on his relationship with his real life wife, uh, Emily. I can't remember her last name now. Emily Gordon, I want to say. Uh, they changed the names up for the movies. I mean, he's still Kumail. She's still Emily. But it's it's based on their relationship, and there's some real emotion there. There's some great performances, and well, you know what it means to be in love, uh, especially in this day and age. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah. So it's a romantic comedy with a bit of a. A little bit uh, romantic dramedy. Okay, romantic yeah. dramedy. Okay. Uh, it's funny we both went romantic actually, because mine's is fairly romantic. I picked a movie called Three Iron, which is a Korean film that. Uh, it's about it's about this 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 man and woman who kind of fall for each other, but the the twist on it, the the thing that makes the movie kind of special, is that they never actually say a single word to each other the entire film. So much of the movie is actually silent because when it's just them, there's no dialogue, and they kind of run into each other because he's this kind of squatter who like sort of pays attention to houses, and if he sees that someone's on vacation, he'll break into the house and live there while they're away. Oh. Um, and he does that to one particular house, and the, the the wife of the house is there. She's actually sitting in there, but she's so quiet, he never even notices. And they end mm-hmm. up kind of bonding, uh, regardless of how it's set up. And But obviously her, wife, her husband comes back at one point, and... But it's a romance that plays out in complete silence, and it's it's just it's great filmmaking as a result. Uh, so... No, I, 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 I highly recommend to... Uh, 
to the voters to uh, to pick mine in this case because it's actually a fantastic film that I've not seen in a while and I actually just want an excuse to watch it again. Um, and I oh. think it's I think it's a very unique film. I think it, I can sort of safely say, regardless of whatever Matt's seen, that he's not seen something like this. No, so. I, I don't mind Korean cinema. Um, again, Old Boy though made me feel icky. Still oh. makes me feel icky. So, so, South, so South Korean cinema is fantastic. I, I feel like yeah. they, they knock out things constantly. That are, yeah, I mean Okja was from a South Korean director, and that's his cell. Even if I don't traditionally like the movie, I will not forget them. Uh, oh, they are yeah. very. Memorable. I so, saw the Devil, um, saw the, the Vengeance Devil trilogy, one. of course, which Old Boy's part of. Um, uh, Save the Green Planets, another fantastic one. Yeah. Uh, full, full of great movies. Was uh, the Handmaid last year? That was last year. That that was part Chamuk who did Old Boy. Yeah. Okay, it's so that, that's another South Korean. So because of Pete, I've I've become aware of the South Korean cinema, and I've yet to be disappointed. You know, there's there's mm. that said, never gonna watch Old Boy again. Uh, so, <laughs> old, old boy is a goddamn ten. <laughs> oh, it's a great movie. Again, it made me feel icky. It's it's the opposite of the thing you do. I feel warm and nice and fuzzy after that thing you do. Old boy, I just there's a there's a deep pit of blackness in in me. So after that, that said, that said, if I could find a way to make Pete watch the the Spike Lee remake. That'd be hilarious. Ah, but you have to love the movie to pick it. That's the I one know, rule. That is I the know. one rule we have for this show and how we pick our options. I'm, I'm still waiting for you to reopen that uh, that contest you did where yeah, <laughs> we get to assign you movies and then you assign a grade and I person with the best grade. I, I, which I, I feel like after, after you know, the one that you picked first last time was actually a good movie. People were like, well, we're going to mess with Pete now. And you got an influx of... Enjoy this. I I have repeatedly thought about some weird Patreon tier where people just just get to assign me a movie that I have to watch, but I just yeah I don't know what price I want to charge for that because I feel like it has to be meaty. Yeah, it has to be big because you know if I'm going to sit through some crap, (laughs) I'm making sure I've I've been well compensated for it. That's why I again that's why I haven't opened it up to that because I don't trust people. I have trust issues uh, amongst the internet and. you know, that's well, why look I at feel Connor. this is a perfect... He's reading know. Red Hood every month because yeah. someone's making him do that. And that's that's part of why I don't trust people. But um, That said, we did a lot of tampering there, you know, by making it known how much he loves Red Hood. Oh, so yeah. Of course they would There was it. an implication. There was certainly an implication. Yeah. Uh, so. But hey So, no, uh, that, is, that, is, that, that has been that thing you do. A lot of tangents into music talk, but I guess that kind of makes sense given the movie. Yeah. So... Uh, by all means, so yeah, so check out that vote. Uh, Three Iron versus the Big Sick uh, on patreon.com slash TV, which you, of course, can support us there, support the channel and everything we do. Uh, get us on Twitter at mail underscore fuzz channel updates. Uh, like, subscribe, let us know what you think of that thing you do in the comments below, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching movies, guys. We will see you next time. <laughs>